I pull the truck back and I pull out on the highway, taking my time. I don't put my seatbelt back on simply because this is just a quick little turnaround. This is easy. We do this all the time. Pull out. As soon as I get to the farthest fast lane and make my right, another pickup truck is coming off the exit and they T-bone me right in the middle of my pickup truck, almost split it in half. I flew from the driver's side all the way to the passenger side of the truck and the most damage was done when my neck snapped back and my spine was severed. I woke up in the hospital a couple days later, but what I noticed was that I couldn't feel my body. And before I can even get a thought of what was going on, I heard the voice of the Lord. He said, don't panic. I will heal you. Those few words taught me that this wasn't a punishment. This is an assignment. What's going on, everybody? God bless you. I am excited for you to hear, watch this new testimony. But I did want to let you know about some exciting news. We have partnered with multiple organizations, churches, that are ready to help you through whatever you may be going through, okay? Now, we've reached 50 million people all over the world, and we have seen time and time and time again in the comment sections the needs. And, uh, and we prayed about this. We asked the Lord to, to guide us and to provide resources. And uh, thankfully, the Lord has answered, and we have those resources for you. And so, if you are in need of help, if you are in need of a church, if you are in need of community, if you just want to talk to somebody about struggles that you're going through or questions that you have, there will be a link in the comment section down below pinned at the top that you can click and then it will take you to a form where you can fill out your basic information and then somebody in your local community will contact you within 48 hours. We're really, really excited about this. So please take advantage of it if you need to. Okay. God bless you and enjoy the new testimony. I grew up in not the nicest areas as far as um, some people call it hood. And um, I was very, very highly protected. What I mean is um, I had parents that were protective, not overprotective, uh, mom and dad. Pastor, first lady of the church. So I grew up as a PK. And uh, even though we were, we saw some things around us, my brothers and I, we were um, covered by the Lord. Um, we had never been through anything drastic, anything you would call a crisis or um, super scary situation. Five boys, and uh, we all grew up under the unction of the Holy Spirit. All five married now, uh, all five still in Christ. And my testimony was different because for a long time, I had not seen or experienced anything that gave me a story, mm. per se, that gave me something to connect with people about. Never seen molestation, never seen abuse, never broke a bone, uh, never was diagnosed with anything. So... For a long time, the Lord gave me a very peaceful life. Um, seeing friends die, classmates shot and killed, selling drugs, locked up for years, never was anywhere near that. Simply because my parents taught us the fear of the Lord really early. And I truly believe that my heart was softened for God at a very, very young age. I didn't want to disappoint my parents, but more importantly, I didn't want to disappoint the Lord. 
So all the way up until my mid-20s in the church, did it just about any position you can imagine, from holding the offering bucket to leading the praise team to playing in the band to running the band to directing the choir to doing the camera system. Being a PK, it allowed us to be very versatile. And my parents did an amazing job with allowing us to explore uh, gifts and gave us room and supported us exploring our gifts. Childhood was awesome. My parents have been married now 46 years, and I had the best example of marriage. So when I went home to a wholesome house with mom and dad, food on the table, clothes on our back, roof over our head, no cursing, no drinking, no smoking, never experienced this stuff, my buddies in church were going home to the opposite. And I think I began to be develop a mindset that everybody in church grew up like me, but I was mistaken. Hmm. And I'm grateful now to really understand that even though we fellowship together, we go home to totally different backgrounds and different lifestyles. So my compassion and my heart for the ones that I worship with is totally different from what it was growing up because I've, I've understood through seeing testimonies and through going through testimonies of my own now. So that was, that was life growing up. Mm. Now, Vincent, like you mentioned, you're in a wheelchair. Yeah. And uh, uh, for somebody who grew up in a protected space, yeah. grew up in the church, serving, that can be a, a, a very, a thing that will shake a lot of people. Absolutely. Can you tell us about what happened in your life and what, had, what God has done in your life? Yes. Yeah. November 2011, I was at the height of my career, per se, uh, as an actor, as a writer. I was um, getting ready to go on my first stage play tour, a play that I wrote and directed myself. I was so excited about it. Had an amazing crew and cast. I was doing stand-up comedy in that season. Um, I had met my wife a couple of months earlier. We were engaged for three weeks, uh, the love of my life. And um, what happened to me could have happened to anybody. My baby brother had a Jeep. It was my Jeep at the time, and the alternator was going bad. No, I'm not a car guy, right? So at this time, I had no idea that when the alternator is going bad, it drains your battery. So a few times that week, the battery would just die right where I was at, in the parking lot, in Wendy's, you know, drive through wherever I was at, it would just, the car would power down. I didn't think too much of it. I just say, okay, maybe the wires on my, you know, batteries little janky because I had an older Jeep. So I would wiggle the wires, car will come back on, no problem. This particular night, my baby brother's driving back home. Um, we lived about an hour out of Detroit and he was probably midway home from Detroit. Called me and said, man, the battery died again. I'm on I-75 and 59. And I was very close to where he was at, probably like 10 minutes away, right? Cool. I'll be there in 10 minutes. Don't even worry about it. I'll get there. We'll jump the car. The mechanic lives about 15 minutes up the road. We'll get the car there, drop it off for the night, head home. Had this whole plan. We get there. I pull behind him, obviously, because he's on the highway. So he's on the side of the highway and traffic is just flying 80, 90 miles per hour. You know, people are just going down. We get out the car. We look at the situation. I said, okay, look, I'm going to get back in the truck. And when the traffic clear, waves me out. 
and let me know that traffic is clear so I can drive out in the highway. I'll get to the furthest lane over. I'll make a circle so that I can come and face you on the side of the highway. Obviously, it's the only way you can jump, you know, the battery. Cool. I got some stuff in the back of the truck uh, in the hatch, so I can't see behind me. So I'm counting on my baby brother's eye to let me know when traffic is clear. Traffic finally clears up after a couple of minutes. It's clear. Go, go. Now he's standing out in the highway. I pull the truck back and I pull out in the highway, taking my time. I don't put my seatbelt back on simply because this is just a quick little turnaround. This is easy. We do this all the time. Pull out. As soon as I get to the farthest fast lane and make my right, another pickup truck is coming off the exit. So we're literally where I-75 meets 59. So 59 is like literally an exit right next to where the truck stops. So we're right by an exit. And these guys must have been going about 85. My baby brother didn't even see them coming. I obviously didn't see him coming. And it was like the perfect timing for the disaster that happened. And as soon as I made my right turn to go to the side of the highway, they don't think I'm turning and I don't see them coming. And they T-boned me right in the middle of my pickup truck, almost split it in half. Um, the pictures are just like mind blowing. I flew from the driver's side all the way to the passenger side of the truck and I busted my head wide open. This is my battle scar. So it travels from this side all the way through. And it's healed up pretty good now, but um, I busted my head on the windshield. And when I hit my head, my head split wide open this way. And the most damage was done when my neck snapped back and my spine was severed. And my, my spine just disconnected from how it holds itself together. Broke my neck immediately. My body flows back, flies back to the driver's seat. Um, I didn't see them coming, so I have no memory of the sound, lights, the accident at all. For me, I just woke up in the hospital. And to be honest, if you ask me, God shielded me from the experience, almost like he allowed me to go to sleep. Hmm. Because I woke up in the hospital a couple of days later. Now, in that night, after I flew back to the driver's seat, my baby brother obviously is, he's standing outside on the highway. He sees this whole thing happen. And what I understand is when accidents like this happen to us, they happen to all of us, everybody in our circle, everybody in our family. But he witnessed it. And to be perfectly transparent, I truly feel like the Lord knew that I would be able to handle sitting more than I would have been able to handle watching my baby brother get hit like that. It's almost like God just knows who can handle what? He said, the word says, he'll never put more on you than you can bear. And I truly believe that I've lived it. He opens the door and I fall out in his arms. He literally catches my body. And the only way he knew that my head was busted open was he heard the blood hitting the grass. And he's heard, he's hearing his blood drip, drip, drip. And he looks up and he sees my head wide open. And before he can even begin to try to help, a nurse shows up. And she says, I'm a nurse, don't touch him, but let me grab a piece of clothing and wrap his head to stop the bleeding. She wrapped my head, helped close it up to stop the, be the bleeding. Uh, somebody calls 911, the highway is shut down and it's shut down to the point to where it looks like a fatality. They don't even 
know I'm going to make it or not. They come in, they get me out to the nearest hospital. My baby brother meets us, meets the family over at the hospital. He has the job of calling the whole family to letting them know that Vince was just hit. He had no idea if I wasn't going to make it. He had hopes. We're a family of faith. Of course I'm going to make it, right? But in moments like that, all you can do is lean on God. You don't know that God is all you need until God is all you have. Waking up in the hospital was its a little bit of a blur. Um, obviously, I had a very bad concussion. They thought I had brain damage. I didn't. Very dizzy. The room was spinning. Heavily medicated. But what I noticed was that I couldn't feel my body. That's the first thing I noticed. Didn't know where I was at. Didn't know why I was there. And before I can even get a thought of what was going on, I heard the voice of the Lord. He said, don't panic. I will heal you. Those few words immediately taught me that this wasn't a punishment. This is an assignment. Immediately, I had to make up in my mind, what kind of believer are you going to be? Mm. Are you going to be the guy that sung about him, read about him, prayed to him, cried to him, believed in his word, and as soon as a crisis comes, you fall apart? Or are you going to apply all of those things that you've developed over all of these years? And I made up my mind immediately, I'm going to be the guy that applies everything that I've believed in my whole life. In this season, I need God more now than ever before. Hearing those words, don't panic, I will heal you, gave me a peace that passes all understanding. November 2nd, 2011 was the day that my life changed forever and the day my greatest assignment began. Vincent, tell us about these uh, this last several years and this, uh, your, your, your life radically uh, changed. Everything is different in the sense of how you do things, how you get around. Um, you mentioned that you that you were engaged. Three three weeks I was engaged. Yeah, three weeks. Tell us about that. Um, what was her reaction? What? How did God help you in that? Because now it's not even just you, but there's another person that is vowing to give her life, you know, to be with you. And now things have changed. So tell us about that. What what happened there? But this is the part of the story that I love when she tells it because it's like she's like so good explaining her experience. Obviously, I've had my experience. Right. And I think when crisis happens, the first thing we think of is why me, right? But I never felt alone. I never had a fear that she would leave. I felt like if it was anybody else, they would have left. And I probably wouldn't have been mad at them. It would have hurt, but I would have understood right? You're 25 years old. You're gorgeous. You've worked your whole life to be a wife just for this moment to, to happen and change the trajectory of what your understanding of marriage is. Waking up, she was one of the first people I saw. My baby brother was on the right side of my bed. My fiance was on the left side of my bed. I never had a fear if she was going to leave or not. My worry was, how am I going to provide for her? We met in August. We were engaged in October. The accident happened in November. And she stood there and she said a few things to me that I'll never forget. Not only was I a man of faith and came from a family of faith, she was a woman of faith and came from a family of faith. We were equally yoked. We were ready 
for something that we never imagined would even happen. Mm. She said, Vince, the night of your accident, I went to the church and I prayed. And I asked the Lord, what should I do? And he told her two things. He said, Larice, this accident doesn't change who I told you he was. I told you he was your husband. That's who he is. Mm. The second thing he told her in prayer was, I'm going to take him places in his wheelchair that I could never take him on his feet. Wow. The confirmation for her that this wasn't a punishment, that this was an assignment, was that word. I'm going to take him places in his wheelchair that I could never take him on his feet. That meant to her, this is a new assignment for us. We have no idea what this looks like. We have no idea how heavy this is going to be, how scary this is going to be. But we trust the God that we know. I woke up in the hospital and she gave me those words. So I got, don't panic, I will heal you. She got, I'm going to take him places in his chair. I can take him on his feet. So the beginning of this crazy lifestyle started with some strong confirmations given to us directly by God himself. It wasn't a prophet. It wasn't a man or woman of God. You know, it, it wasn't a prophecy. It wasn't a word. It came from the Lord. The blessing was knowing him before the accident had happened, not getting into the accident and then trying to go and find God. I knew him. I've seen him heal. I've seen people delivered from demonic possession. I've seen it. Just like the children of Israel saw it, I said, I'm not going to be like them. I'm not going to see it. And then when crisis happens, now I don't know what to do. No, like this is the same God, the same God that did this for him and for her and that I read about and that I've watched. This is the same God that has me in his hand right now. And even though I was really worried about like, how am I going to provide? Am I going to be able to sexually please her? Am I going to be able to work? Like, when am I going to get up? Immediately, my mindset was God said he's going to heal me, right? Immediately, I'm going off his word. I'm holding on to what he gave me. So I said, okay, I'll probably be up in a couple of weeks. Then we're going to get married. I'm going to walk down the aisle for you. I looked at my wife and my fiance at the time, and I said, babe, give me a couple of months. Give me a couple of months. I'm going to be up. I'm about to go to therapy. This is a testimony. God is about to get ready to blow everybody's minds around us. I am going to be a living, breathing, walking, talking miracle. Give me a couple of months, I walked in the aisle, I got you. God used her, because even though we got engaged in October and the accident happened in November, the same woman that I just met three months ago said, no, we're not gonna wait. I'm gonna marry you now. I'm gonna marry you now so that I can take care of you the way a wife should. I want God to cover us and I'm gonna walk this journey with you. And when you get up, then you can walk down the aisle for me. I've never seen a woman with that type of faith before. But this was the wife that God gave me, the wife that I prayed for. This was the wife that I needed that I didn't know I needed. This was the wife that God anointed to walk this journey with me for 12 long years that's still here, that's still believing, that's still trusting by faith, still taking care of me. Scary, nonetheless, we had the confirmations we needed. And we told the Lord, if this is what you have for us, we receive our assignment. Lead us, Lord. Let's go. Vincent, how, how long has it been now since you've been uh, in a wheelchair? 
2011. I'm coming on coming up on 12 years. 12 years. November the second. Yeah. It'll be my 12th year anniversary of my of the greatest assignment of my life. Hmm. What a lot of people don't understand is every day I wake up. Since then, my question is, Lord, is today the day? I'm ready. Is my assignment done? If not, give me the strength to endure. But 12 years. I'm not the first person to have a 12-year assignment. I won't be the last. But I'm here, and I'm holding on to his promise. Uh, Vincent, talk to us about these last 12 years. Uh, you know, waiting on that promise, but also being active in, in the assignment. You got some words, uh, some promises that he would use you. You know, he would do things that he couldn't do while you were walking, you know, while walking. And so if you could tell us a little bit about that, or what have you seen God do in these last 12 years in your life? Yeah, yeah. Um, the best way to describe that is going through a quick timeline. Uh, the first two years were just getting home and healing. The doctors told me that if you get any movement back, you'll get it back within the first year. If you get it back, you'll go through a, a, what we like to call a nerve pain stage, which means the nerves in your legs and the nerves in different areas of your body where you lost feeling will begin to fire off and burn and ache and sting and tingle. I didn't get that year one. I got nothing. What I did get was a pressure wound. And some people know about those. They know that if it gets infected, it can get in your bloodstream. It can kill you. It's very serious. I had a pressure wound in my back the size of a baseball. And they had to go in and do surgery and irrigate it. And literally went through two years being at home, healing. This pressure wound went from being the size of a baseball to closing all the way up with not, without any surgery. It just took time. Thank God I didn't feel it. Um, being paralyzed sometimes can be scary because you don't feel things that can warn you, right? Like if you feel an ache or a pain, or you can tend to it. You can bandage it up or you can, you know, get it looked at. You know, I didn't have that feeling. Uh, year three, I returned back to the stage. I was writing a stage play year three. It's called Street Corner. Great, great play. Um, and when I wrote that play, I didn't write it with myself on stage. I was excited to just get back to the writing. And when everybody was coming around me, are you going to be in your play? What character are you going to play? No, 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 no. I'm not ready for that. And while I was producing it, I had it fully casted. The lead character was casted. Everybody was casted. And God said, what makes you think I don't want you to return back to the stage now? I was going off of what I thought it looked like. I said, I can't wait till I get up. Then I'll get back to the stage. Then I'll get back to writing and directing and producing and singing. God said, no, 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 no. I want to use you where you are now. God gave me the green light and said, not only are you going to be in this play, but you're playing the lead. It wasn't my desire. Hear me, guys. Hear me. I didn't want to return back to the stage as a quadriplegic that didn't have much strength, that didn't have a diaphragm, that couldn't really speak aloud that hardly had the strength to push yourself across the stage, but God gave me the strength. It was an amazing experience. We had an amazing uh, turnout at Wayne State University in Detroit. It was awesome. Around year four and five, I still didn't have movement and not as much feeling as I thought I should. 
even after the play, right? I got back to writing. I got back to playing the keyboard at the church. I had two fingers. I played the keyboard with this finger and this thumb, these two guys. And God anointed that sound to make it sound like I had all my fingers. Everybody thought I had my hands. And I literally allowed Holy Spirit to teach me and train me how to mix my sounds and make it sound full enough for a full band sound. But I didn't get discouraged, but I did get a little bit antsy because the hardest part about the waiting process or the miracle process is the waiting. Because I don't know when it's going to happen. I just believe it's going to happen. Year five and a half-ish, I didn't get the nerve pains that they told me I should get back in year one. And I'm like, God, you said you're going to heal me. I don't even have the nerve pain stuff yet. And they said, if you don't get it within year one, it's never coming back. But I knew better than that. Come on, like, whose report are you going to believe, man? Stop playing. I prayed a prayer, a real prayer. Year five and a half, I said, Lord... I believe you're going to do what you said you're going to do. I believe that you're going to still heal me. I believe my miracle. I believe the manifestation is on the way. I believe I'm already healed. But why I got to take so long? Like, this is year five. And what he told me humbled me so much. I felt like I started all over again. Why does it have to take so long? This is what God said. It has to take this long because not enough people have seen you in the wheelchair yet. Mm. God said, this is your body, but it's my story. I never told you I needed your help, and I don't. He said, you maintain, you live a life pleasing to me, you do your assignments, you God, you continue to speak, motivational speaking. Motivate people even though you need to be motivated. Sing even though you need to be sung to. Minister the word, act direct, produce, do all the things that you've always loved to do from here because I'm going to use you in this state. Now, the funny thing about that was it had been five years. I had spoke all over Michigan at that point. And I'm like, he said he will take me places in my chair that he couldn't take me on my feet. We did that already. God is like, your ways are not my ways and your thoughts are not my thoughts. You're thinking small. There are so many more places that you have to go in your chair. And there are so many more people that have to witness you in this state first. That was year five. Year six comes and I get a chance to come out to Arizona. I get a call from a guy that found my testimony online and he had a very similar testimony. He was a quadriplegic. He was in a car accident. His spine broke in C4, C5. The only difference was he's walking now and I'm not. He said, man, your story remind me of me a couple of years ago. I'm from Michigan. Now I live in Arizona because there is a gym that specializes in getting people back to their feet after strokes, after spinal cord injuries. At that time in my life, a lot of what was going on as far as the acting, the producing, the singing, all of that stuff started to dwindle down. And God gave my wife and I space to actually take this trip. There was really no reason why we couldn't take this trip. We said yes to the trip. We came out to Arizona. We worked out with the gym and I went back home and I noticed that my body started to feel things after a week's trip that I hadn't felt in six years. And in year six, the Lord instructed me to pick up and move to Arizona. No family, no job waiting for us. 
no home waiting for us, no, no plan. The only thing that we knew was that there was an opportunity to get stronger here, and God said go. That's all we knew. My wife cried. <laughs> she hates when I tell the story, but she cried. I don't want to go to Arizona. It's hot. They got bugs and it's, it's scary. Like, we don't know nobody there. It's like, that wasn't the place that we desired to be. But I knew because God said go, that there were blessings that waiting for us here that we couldn't receive in Michigan. All I knew was what God said go. God said go. I said, Lord, because you know what's there, I'm okay with that. I told her, I said, God said go, we, we gotta go. We moved and God said, Vince, don't worry about convincing her. Tell her what I told you and let me touch her heart. And y'all, in a couple of days, maybe 48 hours, he touched her heart and she came back and she said, I don't wanna go to Arizona, but the Lord told me the same thing he told me when it was time to marry you, follow him. God don't gotta speak a whole paragraph to get your attention, follow him. And my wife said, okay. And from that point on, we were looking at the next place of our assignment. We got to Arizona within two months, we started a business that changed our financial bracket immediately. We, 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 we joined a church, a community of new believers that understood my testimony afresh. Mm -hmm. So now I'm surrounded with people this hit me up every day. God going to do it. God going to do it. So it wasn't that God replaced my family and God replaced my community. He added to my family. He added to my community. That was year six. I started acting in film around year nine. Uh, I wanted to just get acclimated with Phoenix. I spent two years just training my body and getting to know the culture out here. And I told my wife a couple of years ago, I said, I'm ready to start doing film. All my life at this stage place. And I didn't know that that was God's way of putting me before more people in the chair. I, this is God's plan, not mine. I'm just a character in his amazing script, right? And he's still writing it. In one year, I get signed with two agencies. I shoot about six movies, about seven commercials. And God is doing something new. He's placing me in front of people that will watch me in the chair that might not never know my name. They might not ever shake my hand, but more people are seeing me in the chair the way he told me they would. And that brings us to today where three weeks ago I had a dream. I had a dream that was so real. It was as real as me sitting here talking to you today. And in that dream, I woke up in the same spot that I actually fell asleep in. I was able to sit all the way up in the bed. I had full strength, not Things were moving and I had to get my balance. I had, listen, I had full strength. And it was almost like God was trying to reveal to me, take your mind off of how it's gonna happen and just let me do my work. Mm -hmm. Let me do my perfect work. Obviously we, we have our thought process of how we think things are gonna happen, right? Oh, this is gonna kick in. And then after that toe kicks in, this knee, and then I'm gonna wiggle and wobble for eight months. And then I'm gonna go through a year of therapy. God said, I can do it in full strength if you trust me. Hmm. In that dream, I woke up and I stood out of the bed and I kept saying, is this a dream? This is a dream, this gotta, is, is this a dream? And I, I stood out the bed the same way, wearing the same things that I went to sleep with. So I knew it was real. And I walked out the room and I called my wife's name. And when I walked out the room, 
I heard my wife calling my name and then I woke up. Mm. There, three weeks ago, since that dream, I've been getting muscle spasms in my thigh, in my right thigh, in ways that I've never experienced. Jerking, shaking, uh, muscles jumping, and my legs shooting straight in different directions. I mean, I've never experienced it like this before. Spasms, yeah. But I've never experienced my leg just doing all of this. A couple of days ago, my wife was, and I was laying in the bed, and I actually looked down at my right thigh. And anybody that knows a quad or a paraplegic, you know that we lose the muscle mass in our legs. It gets real small, it gets real soft, it gets real wobbly, shaky. You don't have legs that just look like you can get up. Mm. Normally, I look down at my right thigh and it is significantly larger than my left. Not in width or in how wide it is. I'm talking about how plump it is. I feel like the Lord has been doing spiritual, spiritual surgery in my body for the last three weeks. This is 12 years. The woman with the issue of blood waited 12 years. Hmm. What made me think that I'm exempt from waiting 12, 13, 14? I said, Lord, as long as you're getting the glory out of it, I wait. That dream was confirmation that not only the fact that it may not happen the way I think, but they were getting really close. Mm. And it also being ha having the spasms and the muscle mass coming back over the, since the dream just proves to me, first of all, if I get up in full strength, I'm going to need these muscles. Who gets up in full strength with floppy legs? Don't make sense to me. What makes sense to me is that God is preparing my body to do exactly what he said he was going to do. And he's allowing you to be a witness. Come on. Today we share this story. You're a part of the people that needed to see me as a lame man. I don't have the full grip of my hands yet. I can move some fingers. This started about a year ago. I couldn't do this a year ago. See that? That's huge. You're talking about guys that said they'll never, they told me I'll be a vegetable. They told me I would be a vegetable. I've seen so many people in therapy that were in the same situation as me, but that was going through 10 times worse. I'm like, how are we in the same situation, but I'm this blessed. I got a wife that loves me. I got a community that's lifting me up and praying for me. Now I'm acting for a living. I'm doing what I wanted to do my whole life. I wasn't acting for a living back home in Detroit on my feet. I wasn't getting paid to do that. I was doing it because I loved it. Now I get to do it every day and I get to get paid to do it. That's because God told me he was going to take me places in my chair that he could never take me on my feet. Come on. I'm living out the word of God that was spoken over my life 12 years ago. I'm living it out today. You're talking to a man that should have been dead 12 years ago, and you don't think that I'm going to be excited about this and this? Come on, man. They're supposed to be saying... We remember Vince, rest in peace. He was on his way to being this guy. and doing. I get to post my own post every year. This was the time that God gave me a new assignment. I'm still here. And so are you. I'm blessed, man. <laughs> Vincent, who is Jesus to you? Everything. He's my example. He's my father. 
He's my strength. Jesus was a real man. I think sometimes we forget that. You know, we read these stories and it's like, what a great story. Jesus walked this earth. I believe that Jesus is the true son of God. He walked this earth. He lived. He was crucified. He gave his life for us. They didn't take it. He gave it. Mm. He gave his life. Because of what Jesus did, I shall live and not die. He died so that I can be here today and live. He died so that I can live for him. My job is to tell his story through minds. Jesus is everything, bro. Everything. Vincent, could you pray for the people who are watching and are deciding, I want to follow that same God, that same God that is healing Vincent, that he believes in so much. Could you just pray for those who are watching and are wanting to receive that same love, that same God that you follow? Absolutely. Absolutely. Father God, my Lord and my Savior, right now, in this very moment, I feel your power. I feel your strength. Lord, I'm asking that these people that are viewing will feel that same power in their living rooms, in their bedrooms, in the car, through their phones, through their tablets, through their laptops. These people that I may never meet in my life. In this moment, we join together as brothers and sisters in Christ. Lord, I know that the favor that you've given me, I can't just give it away. I know I can't just pass it out and I can't just share it with the world because I've spent time with you and I know you to be my Lord and Savior. So in exchange, you have given me favor. So I'm not asking that you give them favor. I'm asking that you give them your voice, that you give them your touch. Lord, let this moment right now be a moment of new assignment for them, the way that night was new assignment for me. I'm feeling new things in year 12. That means you're doing what you said you were going to do. And Lord, if you're going to heal me from being a lame man to a walking man, then you can heal them spiritually to walk in the spirit again. Lord, I believe that a lot of people in this dark, dying, scary world have become paralyzed spiritually. And some of them don't know if they'll ever spiritually walk again. But just as you heal me, I know you can heal them. Allow faith to rise up in our brothers and sisters today. Allow them to believe again. Allow them to see something in my story. You know, I don't know what area connects with them, but allow them to see something in my story that gives them the heart to want to be close to you. Because who's ever close to you, you're going to take care of them. You're going to give them the desires of their heart. You're going to open doors that no man can open and close doors that only you can close. You're going to give them the fruit. You're going to allow them to reap what they've sown. You're going to give them that house, that car, that child, that promise, that promise that only you can give. But Father God, I'm asking for hearts to be compelled today or tonight. Whenever they watch this video, I'm asking that hearts are turned back to wanting to please you. 
Because even though we don't know the answer, we don't know what tomorrow holds, you do. And that makes it okay. It makes it all right that we don't have the answer. We don't have to have the answer. You didn't create us to have the answer. You created us to trust the answer giver. You, tr you give us the, the strength to endure and to trust the man that walked this earth that has become our healer, our sustainer, our way maker, and our miracle worker. I speak to every heart, every eye, every ear that's on this video. You shall live and not die. You shall live to see the promises that the Lord has covering you, that the Lord has concerning you. It's not about us manifesting anything. It's about us trusting in the one that is the manifester. You're everything to me. And I'm praying that you'll become everything to every viewer. Because that's how great you are. Lord, you allow me to see your hand and you allow me to learn from other people's mistakes. Everyone does not have to go through turmoil to get to know you. I'm asking that you will stop and block whatever crisis that is waiting for these viewers because they don't have to have that in order to get to know you. All they need is to be able to hear a testimony of the believers and to trust and believe. We overcome by the word of our testimony and by the blood of the lamb. You came, you died for all of us. And I believe that you're doing something right now within me and within my brothers and sisters. And we receive it on one accord by saying, Amen.